Welcome to The Makeup Historian, where we showcase honest discussions about the beauty and blemishes of various societies throughout the world and throughout time. I'm your host, Sarah Long, a former professional makeup artist turned history professor. But I I haven't really publicized this a lot. I'm actually trying to work on my first book, which mm-hmm. is about the history of red mm-hmm. lipstick. Because, I mean, I feel like that's a good starter book with my random career transition. <laughs> like, I thought it made sense. But also, I'm just, I, I wrote a paper when we were in graduate school together. And it um, a lot of our, the professors that we had at the time thought it had the potential to turn into a book. Mm. Um, but as I'm sitting here with you and we're discussing oral history, I thought it would be good to get your um, opinion on this one particular cosmetic. And so this episode essentially is we're going to be asking all sorts of different people what they think about red lipstick mm-hmm. or the history of red lipstick or even for you in particular, how do you feel when you yourself wear red lipstick. Let's start with that and then okay. we'll go to the other side. Okay. So the first personal and then Yeah. And then. <laughs> I, I feel like the color choice is just naturally bold. It evokes like the psychology of um between the color scheme of options, it really denotes particular choice. So I wear it on occasion. Um for instance, national holidays, I feel a sense of like, this is the identity of our nation. So I like kind of channel that <laughs> in my color choice and my palette for that, you know, event. And in general, um, if it just tonally matches an outfit, like I like to pick up a small demure color of red, maybe in a skirt, like soft, mm-hmm. but really bring it in like the palette choice. It's like, well, this yeah. is my way to connect the whole look for the day. Um, but from, it just, it's hard for me as a historian to remove like my conscious, like understanding of meaning of what I like love about World War II women and like women whose identity was, um, bringing, you know, this war ration society and still putting value, time and money like Mm -hmm. to wear lipstick while their men are abroad and they, uh, when they come home, it's just this kind of iconic sense of um, look of freedom. It kind of denotes, like, what they're fighting for is this female type that, like, really is what peace and justice is all about during World War II. And so, like, in the sense of rationing, like, they had, of course, allocations for meat and cheese and going to the grocery. Like, they had these <laughs> war bond books, and, like, it was difficult. But women always made allocations for makeup. And sometimes, like, there was some, like leeway in that and like we still somehow found a way to make that one of the requirements (laughs) I know we need our food but I also need my makeup it's a thing it's like always it's part of the budget the world wars and I always go back because of my like training um with interviewing German women and European women during World War II and the German identity of like it was better not to wear those things like the fascist society of its time Hitler was against the female type wearing makeup and it was like it was kind of a way for American to just reassure like our sense of freedom and even the way our women um, exhibited themselves to society as being strong and just keeping it's um, I've heard it as kind of like a 
primal color at times. Like it just um, like it's kind of this old tradition of what we we always made makeup out of some material <laughs> in the history of it, and so like it's kind of going um, to this like basic need of like being noticed and like all in in a way. But I love it because it just kind of it's a stark reminder to fascist society in World War II. Like, we are American. We are proud. We will fight till the end. And, yes, our GIs will come home <laughs> to <laughs> these women that have filled the, you know, society's um, necessary functions in the factories and just doing an amazing job, like, abroad. And so every time, it's kind of like that. The film I always associate is, like, Pearl Harbor, even though it's a Hollywood type but having this strong female on stage with like a red tone lipstick and just how she represents something to both men of something they're fighting for. And it's just like a channel, all that, like especially during a national holiday. It's like I want to be that type, like fight yeah. for humanity, society, <laughs> <laughs> channel freedom. Exactly. And like, so it's a very conscious thing. Um, but I feel like it just, I can't help but think it weighs in like my decision is like all that for the day and I do my little Rosie the Riveter time yeah. <laughs> like usually at least I once if I'm wearing it during the day it's like yes I'm that How girl could you not? Yeah. <laughs> throw up your arm and say yes I can yes we can and so it's just kind of it's symbol it's yeah. definitely a symbol for society but for me personally I love it exactly and, and what are like the other kind of events that you find yourself um, wearing red lipstick mm. too is it like a, a gallery opening yes. or a first date or yes. I'm giving a lecture kind of right. like what where do you kind of typically find yourself being like oh, okay I need red lipstick I for think this it's event. a special occasion I think like okay. like you're saying an exhibit opening is like an opportune evening event for just um I love like a little black dress in mm -hmm. general and just mm -hmm. heavy accessories Another classic just a little Audrey in her life it's like you can't go you wrong can't it's go like wrong you're that mixing function. Audrey and Marilyn it's, in one outfit it is. it's like channeling your identity it's just one it's like yeah, it's the best it. of both worlds at whole genre type and it's like yeah absolutely it's kind of it is an accessory in a way so I choose it consciously like this is a statement mm -hmm. so I'll um, wear that proudly but kind of soften the eyes as a technique so that it doesn't compete so, 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 <laughs> so if we're going to make a statement you have to soften you are so another way good on your makeup trends <laughs> it's all about that pinterest lookbook oh, i love it i love yeah. how much we talk about pinterest side note it's so great a lot of good research material by the way right. don't laugh at it too much because it's legit it's actually it's such a very source. it really yeah, right. I love it. I, I try Thank to convince you. people in the history department, like oh, especially yeah. our, our male uh, research affiliates, that <laughs> there are source materials that are easier to keyword search in there. Yeah. Then just, um, yeah, you can find really a lot of related items. Because the AI in that, I swear the machine learning of like association, oh, there's yeah. some kind of analytic in there mm -hmm. that's better than Google. So <laughs> like, not they to be mean. Know to, yeah, women. <laughs> they know women. And they know things that are associated to it. So like a research poster, like I was looking for um, 
World War II posters, and I found a ton of a slew of other things that ping. So I'm like, I use it legitimately. Yeah. I know you never cite Pinterest as your source, just to be clear. <laughs> <laughs> For all the history so students out there, listening, this is not me this clarifying. Is where you start start your research. and then you find by clicking where that source material came from. Find take out if it's you yeah, to the database. It's, an, it's a tool. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Well, that's actually let's flip the question too, because this is another part of the research that I'm curious about, especially from mm-hmm. you know a woman who loves to use this as essentially kind of a statement Mm -hmm. piece in her life but how do you feel when you see somebody else Mm -hmm. wearing red lipstick what kind of perception or ideas do you get about that person I think it's in context of like day makeup during evening is for one like so avenue of choice like timing of the day um so my perception of that changes and then of course how she's paired it like with what sort of ensemble like Mm -hmm. again so I really um it starts kind of making it's a like a so reminder red lipstick and yoga class is right. not a good thing wonder, <laughs> it could be. maybe, maybe. It's your, you know people say it's my signature color and so like if that's your style and like I know a woman who prefers to wear pink a very bright pink on mm. most occasions and so like for her she evokes that message to the world daily and so which is a <laughs> statement I mean you can choose any color and rhyme or reason which is why I love makeup it helps us with our identity and it helps us like yeah. shape all that like makeup is a like again our palette of choice I it's always a say really it's a powerful brush. tool not just red lipstick yeah, but all in general, in general. Yeah. it's very true I mean and even like I mean I can only speak for myself which that's why I'm interviewing you to get some more insight <laughs> but I, I think one of the reasons I was drawn to even studying cosmetic mm-hmm. history mm-hmm. not just red lipstick in particular but is because you know there's this been been a theoretical shift essentially with how we study history now we're mm-hmm. really starting to look at the everyday realities mm-hmm. in order to better understand a society and makeup is actually a very intimate part mm-hmm. of someone's day i mean it's they there's a lot of thought mm-hmm. that goes into what makeup someone's going to wear for whether it's going to the grocery store sure. or you have a big event an interview the list goes on i mean this is it's very much tied to how someone wants to be remembered and recognized within a society. So what's your perception about that or your take on that? Um, I absolutely agree that it it does like form a part of identity if we don't have that yet. Like it helps us channel and define it or it really, I think it's something sacred. I think there's ritual in mm-hmm. it yeah which I think that's probably your studies yeah. like, there's a very yeah. anthropological side to this absolutely yeah. and actually it was an anthropology professor of mm. mine who when I sent her like the first one of the very first drafts of the papers mm-hmm. she was like why are you not talking about men this mm. is only focused on women and she was like women were not the first ones no. to wear red lipstick right. and I, I was just I mean this was an undergraduate and I'm like a what you know right. I had it's no like idea and then it, but I'm so glad she told wow. me that because it opened up my mind to how many avenues we could really mm-hmm. research just even with this mm-hmm. one topic right it's really kind of trippy to it me is. <laughs> like, <laughs> almost like war paint I've heard people yeah. make up this assumption that makeup is our like way we do battle daily and so kind of in, in certain, you know militaristic places some societies have used it as a sign of like defining the us versus the enemy like mm-hmm. for literal legitimate recognitions it's not like you wear a uniform like a sports yeah. thing so it's like everybody with the red 
you know, painting. We knew it was part of our team. Exactly. So, like, we are making a decision, like, I think by wearing makeup, because a lot of women these days, like, choose not to, like, this, like, natural kind of fundamental theoretical approach to, like, I want to be seen in this light. And so... But I, I prefer it because I, again, I treat my face like a canvas. I think there's a sense oh, of, like, <laughs> you have to keep um, not only, like, the lotion, but it's a layer of protection against sun. And just I really feel like being in SoCal, we have quite a bit of that. And so it's, like, a great way as a precaution yeah. to care for So there's symbolic there's and symbolic literal, and like, science. reasons for like, putting <laughs> That's why I, like, heels. <laughs> Like I was yeah. sharing with you, like they take it to a level of science. Kills, if you're listening, she's a good person to partner with. <laughs> she has your name. Yes. <laughs> Great product line, very natural SPF, and some of the like their lip balms. And she wears the lab coat That's like it. you guys do. It's exactly you reach it. out. <laughs> yeah. It's a Great. Oh my gosh, I would die Great if I thing. saw that. I, I love can't it. wait. I, I, I would love to dialogue about their oh corporate gosh. history. And I, I do love that how just organic uh, all their products yes. are and all the chemistry behind yes. it. It's I think as I get older, I get a lot more mindful mm-hmm. about what really is in the product mm-hmm. itself. But I'm, I'm going on a tangent. My students know I do this all the time. I had a point. I was like, I wanted to go back. A second you were talking about... Um, kind of like the biological and anthropological mm-hmm. sides to it and it, even just red lipstick in general but makeup a yes. little in general actually it has like even way way back when like world history was tied to not only survival mm-hmm. but mating mm-hmm. rituals exactly and, you know it's and even in the military when they put even just if it's the candle right. like or just the black on their face mm-hmm. that is a form of survival mm-hmm. so it's not just make up it's the behavioral act of putting something on your face because mm. it's like we're not always putting it on our body mm-hmm. why the face mm-hmm. there's actually a lot of mm-hmm. underlying science and anthropology yes. questions to this that yeah. it's like I I feel like thank goodness you actually like to talk about this because I'm like I get a little weird and I no, love talking about topic. this I love it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. even I mean like even just red lipstick in general why is it red lipstick that has stood the test of time Mm -hmm. why not red eyeshadow why does it have to be not only one the color but why is it on the lips like what's significant and then I even read an article about in the 20th uh like eh, more like late 19th pretty much 20th century where lipstick become it's in a tube there's a scientific oh, sure. reason for it right. being in a tube yes. because it has all these sexual annotations yes. and I'm like I didn't know that no I was just like oh I feel powerful exactly <laughs> or how how intricate how different and yeah. like the way yeah it's packaged it's a you know so I mean why do you, you think in? that this I mean because hmm. really red lipstick kind of the painted white face mm-hmm. and black eyeliner mm-hmm. are these three like primary trends that I have noticed essentially have not only stood the Culturally. test of time mm-hmm. yeah but they have transcended borders mm-hmm. it doesn't matter I mean you could go at any nation mm-hmm. any time there will be someone in that society who wore red lipstick mm-hmm. why mm-hmm. <laughs> I feel like I was looking at like Egypt's like early makeup availability of how they made 
um, powder and out of coal. And like I wrote a paper as an undergrad about this. You like, did? Yeah, I couldn't, Where how, is this? Yeah, paper? I have to find it on the hard drive. Oh my and gosh! I'm was, gonna email you. Send I will me that. definitely revisit it. It was early, so it was something I hey, felt I get was it. like. I don't like looking up. My sometimes it's very convicting. Like, whoa, where where are we going on this? But um, it was just like this idea. It was particularly framing the eye with eyeliner, but. By doing this research, of course, you see all the other practices surrounding Egypt's makeup culture and society. And so because it's like a natural color and you can crush like certain materials, red being one found in nature already, it was mm -hmm. kind of a primary reason why it's so widely distributed and used. And so like, and then their eyeliner being like a black or like a blue or a green because those pigments were available to create those um type of materials and so I think it's sometimes it's the material that allows us to make those choice decisions but I think you're right in terms of like why not place it on your eyelid though make it mm -hmm. a red eyelid like eyelid is a statement for all society to yeah. say like this is the way we <laughs> like to look and like so there's something I think about our facial structure and the way we communicate I think there's something about our lips that we oh, are emphasizing in communication point. I think yeah. it's something direct about Please pay attention to what Maybe I say. It's, yeah, bringing the attention to my words, exactly. not necessarily my appearance. But I want you to really focus, focus on what I'm saying. And perhaps that's what it's a subconscious thought is like. I mean, meaning. subconsciously, I don't know if that's exactly what happens. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Another question. I mean, like, I know that was my intent, right. but I don't know if that's how the other person, person might perceive it. <laughs> yeah, perception on that. I'm not sure. It's kind of. And then spoken, maybe. But I'm trying to figure that out, too. Like, why exactly? Because throughout, even if we place it on the face, why in that mm -hmm. manner? And the meaning and the ritual and all the other great questions yeah. that come about from that. And then there's even, like, all these underlying reasons from, you know, men versus women. Mm -hmm. Not only when they have worn it, but how they perceive. Mm -hmm. Like, how does a man perceive another man who wears red lipstick or mm -hmm. another woman? Mm -hmm. Or how does a woman perceive another woman or another man who wears red lipstick? It's like there's all of these different kind of underlying things and different ways that we can study it. But, I mean, it's just like it's always kind of connected to this underlying symbol of power yes. is kind of what I'm getting from all these mm -hmm. interviews mm. and research but mm. the power is sometimes not always a good thing mm. so sometimes it's like they you know it just let's just take mm. women for example right. if when I because we were discussing how makeup is a perishable item so it's a pain to study mm. because I don't have <laughs> medium the actual like <laughs> artifact to study I had to get very creative with what sources I'm using oh, to examine okay. this and actually Dr. Gunther from Cal State yes. Fullerton um and I think she's at Chapman too right mm. uh, no yes. big deal yes. Chapman a couple big schools she was the one who told me to start looking at artwork you know in different types of um, you know sculptures paintings or even like letters and I actually I'll post another episode about this. Ooh. I found this really cool letter, um, someone talking about Marie Antoinette and mm. how she was wearing red lipstick, and I just thought it was the most offensive wow. thing in the world. But backtracking. Wow. Anyway. <laughs> when I, yeah, when Dr. Gunther told me to start looking at these different artifacts, you know, artistic artifacts, mm -hmm. I noticed that the women who were portrayed wearing red lipstick either were powerful because they used it for essentially like bad things mm -hmm. or they were a, a good source of power within society. So it's not only 
queens who have been portrayed with red lipstick, but also like the harlots of society. Oh, okay. So it's or and then not even that, there have mm-hmm. been religious sure. figures who are also portrayed. I mean, they're portrayed sometimes with absolutely no makeup, or they have also been portrayed with red lipstick. And even just in the religious context, mm. that's really interesting sure. to me. So there is this connection of power, but the way it has been used is perceived very differently from one nation to the next mm-hmm. or throughout time. And I mean, do you think that's still kind of a connection even within modern society in America? Psychological color and generally color, people study color choice. So is this and why every time I go to Target, I spend it, way more exactly. than I, like, I need It's to. a power choice. Like, motiv- <laughs> it's a motivator. It's like, <laughs> they do have color psychology. And I, I think true. that's part of it is like the, the just association of it to power being one. I think of like... Um, China choosing red as a significant mm, color of showing, point. invoking their empire. It's like, it's very choice. Um, and it's just, it stands for something. And then I, there's a psychology I've, I've read on the way we even apply our lipstick and the way the shape tells the psychology yeah, of how. you sent me this yes, article. It's like that yeah. is telling our actual application if we are like swift or if we're very forceful in the way mm-hmm. that the tube actually shapes over time. It tell It's telling of a person's personality. So like here in this archive, I have this um, like a makeup box from Louise Hansen. And I was <gasps> like, right, we can go look at this. Right? I had no idea. Which is so cool because like it just oh, tells yeah, you about her ritual. <laughs> and there's a tube of lipstick in there. And oh. then I, the next question was its shape and like how it kind of symbolizes her personality either in, with this particular study reinforcing that or challenging that in a way. And so mm-hmm. um, I love that it's it's a remnant of who we are. So she, of course, has since passed. But, like, these objects live on, even though they're perishable. Like, you yeah, know, sometimes we get lucky and yeah, we get a good one like survive. that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the test of time. And it's like, yeah, that's a case. But, like, yeah, I think it's just amazing that it's it could be a symbol, but it survives. Mm-hmm journey and um yeah just kind of a shared thing throughout the ages I think it really connects us all well cosmetic history isn't really a a true field right now but maybe with your help it it will become one yes a a subsect of (laughs) like I know I keep advocating for it but I really think yeah with your help and these different we've got to explore it I love that you explore it and just challenge the academy yeah with this understanding of what is legitimate? Like, right? How do we even define that? And who mm-hmm. sits on this higher council defining what's a, a true form of practice? And so, like, yeah. if we treat it with scholarly approach, really anything can be studied. And right now, tattoo history is very trendy. And it's I like, well, there you go. That. There's like, yeah. it's another form of pigment in one's Michael body. Michael was so good at yes. that. Oh, yes. so good. It's just tell, <laughs> very telling of identity, of pictorial depiction. And so, like, and that's been like highly legitimized in the and academy. That so makeup is, is a trend. form it of is. cosmetic. It is. It's, it's like just a permanent. Branch. Yeah, <laughs> it's, just, it's permanent. <laughs> no big deal. Yeah, that's all. <laughs> yeah. Oh gosh, that's but so funny. <laughs> I think it's affiliated. So maybe through the academy, you brand it through that notion of the way and follow the historiography of tattoo history, how it's mm-hmm. become so legitimate and trendy That's at conference. Thing. I keep trying so to we study find the historiography yeah. of cosmetic history. And it's and non-linear. <laughs> it's like, it's random. <laughs> I found like one study oh. from Harvard a few oh. years ago and then maybe like 
another 10 years back. Sure. So that's why just, yeah. you are the makeup historian, right? Oh my gosh. That's how we fill the gap, right? I, I'm <laughs> you seriously the, so happy that you said that. My day is made. To <laughs> the issue at hand. No one's filling in the gap. No one's telling this narrative. So I will. Well, that's how you become a specialist yeah. and define the whole field is like you say that's my choice of hey, study just and like you tell the academy legitimize my former practice i do scholarly approaches it's how you get it yeah said. just like how so we said I in your other episode you know sometimes you have to ask for the job you want it's not a thing but who knows maybe as a result of this because a makeup historian can be a permanent a real position thing. in a yeah. women's history or museum anything, or like a cultural institution yeah. or there's I many mean, places I could see that facilitated. Even if I don't really mm-hmm. get to do that, or even if it's just, you know, my part is in it is collecting those primary and secondary sources, I really hope that someone will take not even our conversation, mm-hmm. but all the research and other research that will come out about cosmetic history. And I really hope that they will just run with it. Mm-hmm. You know, like how we were talking about paying it forward to exactly. our students. We don't get into this for the money. Not to say that there you can't isn't. make money, to emphasize my last last episode but we you know that's not why we got into this we Mm -hmm. really want future generations to take these sources and run with Mm -hmm. them you know capitalize on all the research that we did so yeah oh oh my gosh I can't believe you called me the makeup historian I'm so happy (laughs) very much earned I mean I call myself that but but it's it's (laughs) a form of practice and you've gone through the academy and that's why you get these degrees it's like a form of training and it's legitimized through that we've did a lot of studying you know <laughs> research know. and under I still kind of cringe when I think, think about of your master's that. work <laughs> it's like whoa so, but now in retrospect yeah. oh what I would give back to go mm-hmm. like I would love to go back to grad school I used to think I would never say that think in a million it. years right. I was so happy to graduate <laughs> My, like I'm done mm-hmm. with all these papers yes. and the reading and now I'm just like I spend more of my money on books of course. than I do on makeup. Anything. And it used to be the other way around. I still buy makeup. Of Don't course. get me wrong. <laughs> but That's a big line item, too, for me. It's like always. Right? It's a need. My Amazon not cart is so yeah. random. So <laughs> random. But actually, I have one more um, kind of final question. I was kind of curious because in our line of work, you know, we don't always interact with the public. We do a lot more now, but we do have days where we are really just in the archives yes. sometimes all day. Yes. <laughs> but I can, and I speak for myself, even when I'm in those archives and I know I'm not really going to see anyone that day, I still go through the process of putting on my so makeup. Do I. Okay, thank That's you. That's a normal thing <laughs> for me because it's like, it's a sense of self. I think that's okay. what it is. It's like, um, not that I want to speak to those who choose not to, because I do recognize myself at my without. Like, it's a sense of, I think that's an awakening of one's identity, because I've worn it for since, ourselves, though. Right. And I think that's a it's, misconception. Exactly. And I've worn it. it for many years, like, literally from my adolescence, like, some form of lipstick or, eye, like, some sort of eyeshadow, like, 13 on or so. Mm-hmm. I've always been intrigued because I love art it was just a form of self-expression and so but I think even so if I do not have a planned meeting um or like you say in a closed space where the public's not generally going to interact I still do it as a form of practice I think it's because it's enriching like I really believe the science of it of like helping one's um face to stay uh, moisturized and like there are benefits and vitamins that 
are a part of those products for a reason. And so some do dry thing like lashes out, like mascara. Like you know, if we could get the high volume <laughs> power mm-hmm. of a <laughs> mascara and like not it's much of its drying features, like that's um, that's what scientists have been trying to do for many of years. But like in general, there are things that I think chemically that enhance, but also like help our face like when we wear it and so I really because at some point in the day I will be outside Mm -hmm. so I do need the sunlight (laughs) protection (laughs) (laughs) so let's say that SPF will kick in and it's just that's just a great benefit of wearing it that day but it just yeah I even so like if um having any lipstick in my bag like I feel like if as far as like a survival kit, like that would that's in my go yeah. bag. Yeah. Like, oh yeah, 100%. it's like those people go on Survivor, and that one woman who's like, I only have like five items I could bring with me. I'm that girl. Yeah. Like or I have a question, tube of like lipstick. if you're stranded like, on yeah. an island, yeah. what do you bring with you? And I'm like, oh a my book. gosh, um, <laughs> my well it has skin food. Yes. You know, like my <laughs> I have my list of like yeah. cosmetics. I'm like these are staples. See, no, <laughs> no, it's like my mascara yeah. because I'm giving blonde. Up on and you can't yeah. see what and like it doesn't matter if anyone's right. there I right. just want to have want that it. yeah <laughs> <laughs> I want yeah. it <laughs> yeah it makes me feel like home I if maybe I, that's yeah, it I feel like, like I, I can, can be survive anywhere. Yeah. if I'm like ready to go mm-hmm. like I know I look good then of course of I course can survive and be like, <laughs> then I can go out and create my shelter and yeah, harvest food now and I can like... deal with all those necessities and exactly. water sourcing and blah 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 yeah <laughs> okay so okay I'm curious what are that's if uh, kind of mm-hmm. going off of this question as a museum curator mm-hmm director the list goes on board member I mean like you have a lot of titles but what are your three favorite cosmetics Mm. right now like in the market because we have a lot of options in the makeup industry right now it's very competitive I feel like things that have some sense of protection like Lancome's like pressed powder is really good and I did a lot of research before like choosing a new formula in that and so like I really enjoy that pressed powder Okay, and then the Kiehl's SPF lip balm. Like, I love the peony color right now. Like, um, they rotated from 25 SPF to 30 this last line, which was marginal. But, like, I read about it. For fair-skinned women, that's a big deal. That's a big option right there. I need some SPF (laughs) in my makeup. Yeah, I'm all about it. And then, you know, because it's summer and I love a pop of color. So something that, like, is slightly waterproof because – Who's to say if I might not just, like, jump into the ocean this afternoon? Good point. <laughs> so something seasonal um, would be a, my my to-do list. Like, that's a must. So any prod- eyeliner product that has, a, like, a waterproof basing on it. And I like – right now I'm wearing, like, a teal color. So um, anything that has that available, I'm just at least testing it. And now I'm just kind of, like – passionate about yeah. <laughs> so I, waterproof basing is great so I love like the um smaller like um shadows for basing and then adding color to it so even if it all washes off there's still some like slight color line like that's always good mm-hmm. so 
yes, it's a seasonal thing, and so I try to like shift my Have you product. Ever tried Lush products? They're like, even great. I it's so, know. <laughs> so good. The or- I just organic, love the organic nut, stuff. Natural. So, I mean, it's some of their. Uh, granted, mm-hmm. I haven't tried like their actual makeup makeup mm-hmm. in a few years, so right. I don't know if they've kind of leveled up because they're really focused on skincare. Exactly. You know, like the shower products and bath right. products, which they have nailed perfected. that market. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and the intergalactic <laughs> bath bomb, my yes. favorite. Yes. Love it. Smells like peppermint. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so good. Um, gosh, where was I? I do this all the time. Where oh, was I going with um, this question? <laughs> That's okay. We'll move okay. on. <laughs> I don't remember. Um, <laughs> well, okay. Kind of going back, we'll, we'll, we'll come full circle as we, you know, kind of wrap up our little history of red lipstick segment. Yeah. But what actual brands of red lipstick mm. do you like to wear? Because there's a lot of competition with that there and different formulas, too. So I'm I'm curious. I just love, again, the history of color and, like, Chanel's, like, red is just kind of classic by nature. It's that beautiful blue-based red. And it makes your teeth look white. Very much so. Like, (laughs) she is a symbol of, like, femininity and, like, power and just had such a – her – Couture was just so beautiful and evoke like the new so women, intricate, so intricate, beautiful. and so like wearing her line just makes you feel like shared experience. Like I may not have known her personally, but let's just say it's yeah. translated through her line of clothing. It's translated through her line of makeup. So I feel as women, it's one thing we can share generationally, and so another thing is like technique and knowledge. So I feel like it's yeah. generational. So like grandparents um and like and moms that just instruct their women um young ladies at the time like so french women um learn um from their mom about skincare very early on and so my mom knew about this trend like when she was bringing my sister and i up and so it was like a sense of you need to care from one's face it's the only one you have you want to like keep you know protected with spf and um moisturized and so um, and then techniques, of course, were evoked from my mom's own form of practice of, like, um, stylistic, like, how many types of things would you wear at once and, like, con- conflicting with one's eyes and lips, like, mm-hmm. more heavy on eyeshadow, like, more or of a like, neutral. Or, like, kind of build out your lips? Yes. Do you do, like, more of the beehive look yes. or more of, like, the real angular mm-hmm. or curved or there's all these different styles Thanks. of how you can make Even your lips look with the same color it's like same yeah <laughs> yeah that says a lot too it's very telling and so it's really so chanel chanel, chanel. she's like again just if i could a lifestyle brand if ralph lauren made makeup i would wear his line <laughs> right <laughs> if he could because i love the way his models look they're timeless they're classic mm-hmm. americana and like if, if he ever yeah, wanted to venture into that, yeah, that whole industry, I would be all for it. But since it's not available, <laughs> I like to find other um, brands that kind of um, are similar and expressing, like, I love French liberté. And so, yeah. like, for me, like, wearing uh, my necklace is French. You know, it has, like, the Republic de France. Oh, I did. And it's, like, lovely because it reminds me to evoke, like, its sense of freedom and, of course, heritage and nationalism. Like, mm-hmm. they are our friends in terms of our, you know, establishment. And so I just think it just – I have something yeah, I feel tied to French. very feisty side. Yes, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> the Americans are yes. French. Yes. I know for being a little mm-hmm. sassy. Sure. No, there's definitely some underlying tension. <laughs> Mainly 
the fact, like, I always, I, I always say, forgive us. So when you go to your independence and you're asking for our aid and we're, like, peace, too busy building our own nation, like, not too nice. Right? Like, like I hey, apologize. Yeah, sorry about that. Like, please forgive us for that lack of concern, like, for your well-being breaking oh down gosh. the aristocracy of their time like that's lovely <laughs> thanks for being american See, this is what i love yeah. about cosmetic history is it prompts all of these discussions about other historical topics yes. it's like it just kind of acts as that thread it is connecting us from one nation to right. another or one woman to another another person yeah. yeah it's like we can talk to anyone in a different nation and i guarantee mm-hmm. you they have an opinion for sure about red lipstick mm-hmm. even when i worked at the counter for years and different makeup counters and I would try to tell someone you know you should try red lipstick it was either I love this yeah let's Mm -hmm. give it a try or you know or it was oh no 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 no. I would never do that I mean like it's like it's very psychological thing like their parents said something like or Or one person said something like it didn't look good (laughs) and that stuck in their head forever to break that psychology cosmetic though that was Hmm. ever like that anytime that I would you know try to tell someone about another product they would always be it was very different reactions it was always red lipstick that wow. people were either in love with or they were up like upset with me almost for suggesting it you know and I'm just like no I promise it's and red really is the color that looks good on every mm-hmm. skin tone mm-hmm. it's we just it's a matter of finding your red like the actual undertone or hue to it and I think once I kind of explained it that way then I could kind of get them to warm I up see. but <laughs> okay but still just it that is even noteworthy itself mm-hmm. the general reaction right. of how people You've react to it your own study for this project Did I would know say it? because that's an audience <laughs> survey right I was just trying to get through just, school but I was also right. conducting studies you were because I you were cataloging in one's mind the reactionary base that you've received. And so having a, a counter offer to someone who was, like, Very not true. sure about it, you it really, you gave them different ways to explore it because there was some re- roadblock mm-hmm. psychologically why they weren't willing. So then you gave them an avenue to explore yeah. that as an option. So, yeah, I would say I would consider that a first-person account, like, study <laughs> worked directly with people who were – potentially first-time buyers or resistant because they haven't for years or whatever reason. So now it's just a matter of, like, continuing Mm -hmm. to ask that question. And do you have any other brands Mm -hmm. where you really love their red lipstick formula that you would recommend to anyone listening? Um, I can't say certainly for anything quite yet, but I love Chanel as a go. She loves Chanel. (laughs) Yeah, I like the newer brands, too. I think seeing what hits the market is really fun of, like, seeing those rotations of – who else is doing this and why? But, like, again, it's seasonal. So, like, um, I went to Nordstrom recently, and I was, like, I need – I was, like – it came from an outdoor event, and I was, like, I forgot part of my makeup bag, and, like, I had no lipstick with me, oh, and it was, no. like, my lips were so dry. And I was, like, this is pretty much an emergency. Like, oh. I usually buy Kiehl's, but can you offer me something else yeah. that offers that? And the ladies were, like, kind of, like, perplexed because, like, that's not usually a request, like, an SPF and any sort of lip balm or lipstick. And so, like, Kiehl's was, like, the only thing at um, that I, w- they weren't even aware of. Like, it was really funny. I was like, oh, wait, do you have that here? And, like, right? Because that's, I know they don't, you don't have the standalone store at this, at this mall. 
and they're like, oh, yeah. And I, I was like, that will do. I will feel better <laughs> for the rest of my afternoon having it. So um, I kind of, like, there's nothing quite there yet. I would love a lipstick that had more nourishing and not drying capabilities. So the things that I have tried otherwise do dry out. And, like, having that base, like, if they could combine, like, the lip balm technology of SPF in and up more of a lipstick lines, I think I would be more willing to, like, explore more and, like, be more brand loyal. But until then, it just tends to kind of work well. And mm-hmm. so... But I'd love to, like, definitely try a new product line and kind of create my own review. And I do annotate it, like, you know, things that I'm like, this is great, or, like, never buy that again. I love that like, about you. Of course, I have a notebook for everything from coffee oh tasting. Oh, my gosh, I didn't too. Right? I have three different ones in my car My plants right get annotated. Oh, like, okay, they're gross. <laughs> no. Historians write everything now. We do. We can't help right? it. It's like... And I, it's like it. random little thoughts, and I get to the point where I'm like, if I don't write it down, right. I'm going to forget. Happen. That's why I'm always randomly yeah. texting you. It's the way to <laughs> like, be sure. I forgot. I'm sorry. <laughs> or I just remembered yeah. that thing I told yeah. you about. I sent <laughs> links, and I'm like, I'll just revisit it in my chat log yeah. later. Like, I know it will live there for a while, and I can go and, like, look. <laughs> exactly, exactly. It's another form of logging. But I feel like I really – well. First off, I'm going to go get me some Chanel That's red it. lipstick yeah, yeah, yeah. right away <laughs> after this. But I like, will say, as a professor, mm-hmm. another one that I have been very impressed with is the Lime Crime mm. formula. Because when you're teaching sometimes for hours yes. a day, and maybe, and then sometimes a class is three hours right. long, I don't have time to go touch up my lipstick, and mm-hmm. that one is like foolproof. It does wow. not move, even throughout my coffee. That's amazing. Like, right? So, I mean, I'm just, I end up kind of, I mean, mm-hmm. there are a lot more of the matte formula, mm-hmm. too. And That's recently true. I've been trying to find one that is just as good with the longevity, yes. but more of like a, a lustrous kind of vibe essentially so like a one day one time application versus yeah. a continuous because that's and a I question think the working woman needs that, that right now when do you get a break to truly retouch yeah. and should like the product itself have a mirror on it is the other question or is it stored in a container like i place mm. my my red lipstick in a container with a mirror so yeah, that there used i can to have the a lipstick clear tubes that would pop yes. up and they had the little mirror where are those? Those went away. I thought. It, <laughs> well, maybe Besame actually has them because they're focused on the history I was of makeup. Mention them as yeah. a I'm going to look them up. I think they might have it. Yeah, that they might probably bring do. retro back. And they have like that legitimate, like the cake yes. mascara. I still want to like go the, there. I think they're local, yeah. relatively local. In we Hollywood, should go maybe. see it. Yeah, I we should love go. To. I love Max Factor too, like the yeah. whole idea of, you know, makeup for the stars. They actually have a small little museum. Really? I, yeah, we need to go there too. I would too. love I'll to reach visit out to that. I have a little book on it, and it was like, my mom's like, this is something I really enjoy because I love makeup <laughs> and history, but it's yours. I'm like, yes! There's <laughs> like a lookbook and a little bit of corporate history. I'm like, this is, they feel like, like, retro, like, again part of that society and don't if let I wear me forget we because they need stopped to look making the... all that like the like the little pancake foundation oh, yeah. no, right totally that used stopped. to be mainstream well and then actually they no they do have some like but online? it's at, it's in like it's in hollywood like still oh, in the film industry so but they're only it's still around it. it's just i'll send you some of the brands like because okay. they still use I it would a use lot that. on film yeah, yeah. I, that was like my like early years was exploring some of the like i love it because sometimes i do want more of a full coverage look but 
And then during the summer, I'm like, mm-hmm. no, 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 BB creams all yes, the way. Or like, like tinted moisturizer. Yes. <laughs> I want to sleep. I don't want to like. <laughs> right, cake it on. But in the fall, I oh, really it's so love great. It's so that kind of. Yeah. It's like, the, again, like that, like Ralph Lauren, like chiseled chin mm-hmm. Kind of need that And depth. kind of you were talking about even the painting Ooh. side of it. There is this artistic it side is. where With it's brushes. like that preps the canvas. Mm-hmm. Your face is the canvas mm-hmm. and it's prepping it essentially. Wow. And then when you have that beautiful full coverage foundation, it's like. You can put anything mm-hmm. on it, any it's trend. Nice. It's beautiful. Mm-hmm. It all starts with good skin. It does. That's it really the does. source. <laughs> it really is. Yep. And Kiehl's, for man. That. They have a lot Woo! of good ones. <laughs> <laughs> and um, Lush. Yes, Lush for, for sure. Some of my current faves right now. Love but, that. Oh, thank you so much, Jennifer. Thank you. This was you amazing. have to make a compendium of all your best We picks. should do this as like yeah. a routine of like now for our fall oh. look, now for our winter <laughs> looks. Like that's a good series to play off of because those rotate. So you should yeah, definitely maybe have we can a do list. like historical Thanks. makeup tutorials yeah. or something. That would, oh, I love that. Really cool. I've seen them, the brief ones on right. YouTube, but maybe we can really there's break it down. There's three actors in the area too that have gone through this process, like yeah. the Whack Women for L. Toro. I know mm-hmm. some of these women who make it a life's work is to be as historically accurate as possible. And yeah. so it is buying the right products and applying mm-hmm. it with those techniques. And Side like, note, so did cool. you know the movie Lincoln? Yes. That recently came out? Yes. The research that went right. into that, <laughs> I was blown oh, away. Sure. It is so close, almost identical to what it actually looked like. Wow. Again, this is just me kind of nerding out here. Right. But as a I was just like, <laughs> wow. wow, amazing. That's yeah. it carried it carried on screen. You can I'm I'm not surprised to hear mm-hmm. you say that. They <laughs> did their homework oh. and it was well received. I appreciate it yeah, as a history professor. Absolutely. <laughs> like Cal State Fullerton's be a Lincoln Day. Yeah. With, <laughs> We're so they happy. have Lincoln historians like all about the accuracy. Exactly. Like that's so cool. <laughs> well, we now need to go take some pictures of that man. Let's go look at that me. closer, and then yes. you can put it as a pairing of this experience here. <laughs> exactly. Well, yeah. thank you, everyone, for listening, and thank you, Jennifer, for taking the time to Pleasure. talk with me about this very interesting historical topic.